Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. With over 7 billion people in the world, we all have one thing in common. Every day, we all get dressed. Welcome to Dressed, the History of Fashion, a podcast that explores the who, what, when of why we wear. We are fashion historians and your hosts, April Callahan. And Cassidy Zachary. Well, dressed listeners, welcome back to the second part of our Dressed Guide to Dressed. If you did not listen to Tuesday's episode, you want to check that out because what we are doing across these two episodes is looking back over our, what do we say, April, 384 episodes of Dressed across five <laughs> seasons and almost five Let's years. Let's just call it 400. <laughs> it's... You know, yeah. six of one, half dozen of the other. Yeah, so, so many episodes. We've had so much fun over the past five years, almost five years. I think it'll be five years um, since the podcast aired in February of 2023. And April, this has just been such a treat, wouldn't you say? Yes, for sure. And it was like such a great way to kind of like look back and remember all the topics that we have actually covered on the show. Because sometimes, even though we were the ones that produced them, we have forgotten about some <laughs> of the episodes. I'm like, have we already already done an episode on that? Oh, right, we have. Yeah. So. Well, here's another one. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's been really, really fun. <laughs> So this is a little wandering down memory lane with you all. Yeah. And then, you know, as April mentioned in, in the first part of this episode on Tuesday, we get asked all the time about like recommendations for episodes, because honestly, if you're a new listener today, you have a huge back catalog to get started. And so really what we've done is uh, shown you the different themes um, and topics that we cover. And, you know, there's really something for everyone. And the one theme that we're going to start with today is something that I know you and I both love, and I'm sure our listeners will join us in saying that we love fashion icons. April, who yes. are some of your favorite fashion icons that you've done episodes on? Well, actually, I have to say, I, I think this has been a little bit of an obsession or a focus for me this particular season in season five, because two of my picks actually are, are from this year. My first one that I would like to start with, um, and we haven't really talked about music too, too much on the show or music icons, but I mean, who is more iconic than Prince? <laughs> Probably I know. very few people in the history of music. Um, so one of my top picks on this topic or on this theme in particular is our episode entitled On His Royal Badness, The Life and Legacy of Prince's Fashion. And our guest for that episode was Cassie Ritchie. And those two episodes aired on March 15th and 17th. Um, and of course, we, we break down a lot of Prince's most iconic looks and also speak a little bit about the makers behind them. Yeah, that was such a fun episode. We got so much positive feedback on that episode. Um, obviously, Prince fan or not, lots of fascinating topics to discuss in that one. One of my favorite fashion icons that we've discussed over the seasons is Queen Sirikit of Thailand. 
Um, mm-hmm. And we welcomed scholar Melissa Leventon, who has actually worked closely with the Queen Sirikit Museum of Textiles in Thailand to tell the story of Queen Sirikit of Thailand. She's still alive, but she has this incredible legacy going back to, the, I believe, the 40s or 50s when she married the King of Thailand and became this internationally um, recognizable figurehead. And she did it, let me tell you, so incredibly dressed. Um, She actually collaborated with Pierre Balmain, the French couturier, to not just mimic European fashion, but actually incorporate it into Thai national dress in incredibly beautiful ways. It's a really moving story, and she's really focused um, on, you know, community uplift, too, through textiles and fashion design. So that was a really, really fun episode. And just talk about an international fashion icon. She was it. I have a fun story about Queen Sarah Kitt via a donation. Very recently across my desk at FIT came a book on Thai fashion history Ooh. produced by Queen Sarah Kitt in the 1960s on the occasion of her husband, the King's birthday. Had a little dedication in the front. So um, I had to get out my Google Translate to translate some Thai to sort this all out to see exactly um, where the book came from and what it was. But once you get into the book, it had both English and Thai language text relating to the images, but all the dedication on the front was only in Thai. So that took a little sleuthing on my part <laughs> to figure out exactly what it was produced for. Oh, that is so fun. cool. I hope you do a blog post coming up on it or something so I can see images. Oh, good idea. I will do so. Okay, my next pick on this topic is a none other than a Lady Die, a quite recent episode, another two-parter in September of this year. These episodes aired on September 20th and September 22nd, 2022. And uh, the episodes were entitled The Lady Die Look, What Diana Was Trying to Tell Us Through Her Clothes. And our guest was Eloise Moran. Um, and of course, we focus on um, the moment that Lady Diana Spencer stepped out into the spotlight in 1981 when she first became engaged to Prince Charles, now King Charles III. But in this two-part episode, we trace the evolution of her unique brand of royal elegance. And in the second part of the episode, we uh, discuss Lady Diana's separation and her divorce and detail some of her best revenge looks that followed. So um, there is a book associated with this. Um, It is called the Lady Die Lookbook. So you can pick up Eloise's book if you're interested. You can also follow her on her Instagram, which is at Lady Die Revenge Looks. Yeah, and she posts like every day and has so much mm-hmm. fun with that Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe not one particular fashion icon, although Josephine Baker certainly falls in this category. Mistin Get certainly falls in this category. But I love the fashion icon, the showgirl. I mean, how iconic is the showgirl in Europe, America? Uh, And I actually did a two-part series on fashion and the showgirl in 2020, 1215 and 1217, 2020. Yes, it's about showgirl costume and performance wear, but it's also about the relationship between fashion and the showgirls. So how they kind of transcended just that stage to become, you know, international, globally recognized fashion icons. 
And this is a love affair that extends back over 100 years. And we explored that into the 20th century in those two episodes. And then this past season, I interviewed Liz Goldwyn about her incredible book, The Last Generation of American Burlesque Queens, who reigned supreme during the performance arts golden age in kind of the mid-20th century. So you have those three episodes, dress listeners, if you want to check out um, more about the fashion icon, the showgirl. And now we're going to move on to a theme that we have explored um, literally throughout history and around the world, and that is our around the world category. We also have a lot of episodes in this section that really expand the narrative of fashion history, which you've heard us talk about multiple times on the show as being often white and Euro-American centered. And that is certainly not the case as we've endeavored to show over five seasons. Fashion history exists in incarnations all over the world. We've highlighted so many indigenous fashion designers like Karina Emmerich. Orlando Dugay was on this past season. Um, April just joined me in August of this year to go to Santa Fe Indian Market that has an annual fashion show. And then, of course, we've had Christian Allaire, who's a staff writer at Vogue, who's been on the show twice. Um, And he's just doing so much incredible work at Vogue to really bring indigenous designers and talent into the spotlight. Other people who are actively working to expand the narrative of fashion history, we've had filmmakers on the show. We had recently had Gia Lee and Jody Chan, whose documentary Invisible Seams is about Asian seamstresses working in the New York Garment District. And then, of course, we had Adele Pham on to, to talk about her film Nailed It, which is a history of the Vietnamese nail salon. So those are two fascinating episodes that you can both listen to and watch. Yes, as are some of the really wonderful and beautiful textile traditions from around the world as well. Cass, you uh, did an episode with Clarissa Esquera. I don't know, was that last year, a couple years ago now at this point, Um, entitled Power of Patterns, Central Asian Ecots. That was really, really amazing. And for any of our listeners who might not be familiar with an ecot, um, this is yet another obsession of mine. One of the things that makes them so supremely special in addition to their beauty is actually how the patterns and the motifs in them are created. And the, the warp threads and the weft threads are actually dyed in advance to yes. them actually being <laughs> woven together. And it is when the they, the particular patterns are woven together that the motifs and the imagery emerges. So, I mean, uh, it has a very, very special place in my heart. So tune back into that one if you'd like to learn a little bit more about ECOT. Also, if anybody is interested in the history of Ankara or otherwise known as wax print in Africa, sometimes it's also called Dutch wax print. Um, the episode that we did with Iwan Obinyan is really fascinating on that. She really helps us break down the really complicated history of this textile from its colonialist origins to its current association with African pride. So there's a documentary actually attached to that one of the same name. It's called Wax Print. And I think that is available streaming as we speak. And something that's important to point out as you just talked about ECOT and wax prints, which is a form of resist dyeing, right? These are techniques that are found in cultures all over the world. So it's really interesting. Same with indigo. We did an episode on indigo. So it's really interesting to realize that these, you know, textile techniques and dyeing techniques, um, you also did an episode on lace um, recently, exist in different forms all over the world. And these different cultures and peoples have come to these dyeing and weaving techniques um, and decorative techniques on their own and in different ways. Or within that whole thing is also embedded a history of trade. 
Right. And that cultural exchange that exists. I mean, I think people would be so surprised to learn how like like trade networks have existed for thousands and thousands of years and people are just walking hundreds of miles to each other. Yeah. We haven't yet really touched on the Silk Road too much. Maybe we should do an episode on that. Yeah, we haven't. We did an episode on global trade, I think last season with Beverly Lemire, um, but that was starting kind of in the 15th century. But yeah, the Silk Road would be fascinating. So adding it to the list. Something we always also love to explore on the show is kind of exploring the intersections of gender and sexuality and how those different things have been explored throughout history and, of course, continuing into today. And talk about expanding the narrative of fashion history, April. I mean, there are so many incredible stories out there and activists, artists, scholars who are working on this very topic. One of the most inspiring interviews I have done is with non-binary activist, poet, performer, and historian Alok Vadminen, who joined us to talk about 19th century anti-quote-unquote cross-dressing legislation before giving one of the most moving interviews I have honestly ever done. And really, they're inspiring us to move beyond the gender binary and talking about how important it is to de-gender fashion. It's imperative and quite literally a, a matter of life and death for some people. So people should be able to wear the clothing of their choice without being, you know, susceptible to violence. So, but also they just present this moving interview about why clothing matters to us. So I highly encourage you to check out that two-part episode. Yeah, and gender-bending fashions is something that we also explored in our episode with Michelle Tolini-Finnamore in the summer of 2019 in a two-part episode entitled Gender-Bending Fashion. I mean, really at the crux of this question is who gets to wear the pants and that men just might enjoy the comfort of skirts also? Both of those themes were explored in a museum exhibition that was on view at the time at the Museum of Fine Arts Boston. Yeah, and as Alok reminds us, right, clothing are inanimate objects. They do not have gender. They only have mm-hmm. gender because society gives them meaning. So that's certainly something we like to explore um, on the podcast as well. Some of our favorite interviews are within our next category, and that is contemporary makers, the artists, designers, and other innovators who are working to create fashion history today. And this can often, but not always, be found in our Fashion History Now kind of sub-series, I guess we would call it, cast. Those kind of tend to be mini-sodes, but they sometimes, like, blossom out because the discussion is so fascinating and turn out to be full-length episodes or two-part episodes. Who knows what's going on? We're just kind of free-flowing with the uh, formats these days. But um, we've interviewed people from a wide range of jobs, from photographers like Ari Seth Cohen, the founder of the blog Advanced Style, and also the sartorialist Scott Schumann, to Savile Row Taylor Jihai On, and contemporary lace maker Elena Kanagi-Lu. But one of the makers that I think Cass and I can both agree on, and one of our favorite episodes I think that we have both ever done, uh, was with artist Fabiola Jean-Louis. Oh, yes. Um, we both adore her work, and actually Fabi has become a good friend after being a guest on the show. But um, we spoke with her back in uh, February of 2021 about her work and her rewriting of kind of not just art history, but fashion history as well in her photography. Um, And not just her photography, because a lot of the garments or almost all of the garments in that particular series that her subjects are wearing, she has recreated out of paper 
fascinating historic silhouettes um, dating all the way back to the 16th century and into the 18th century. And then she poses the models in these particular vignettes. And most often they are women of color and they are kind of reclaiming that space and not just the narrative of art history, but also fashion history as well. So we're very excited to see what Fabiola comes up with next. She has kind of transitioned away a little bit from the photography work and she's doing a lot of paper sculpture work and installation work now so yeah and one of those artists that you want to follow on instagram because she's constantly sharing insights into her creative process and i mean her art is just kind of i mean we can explain it on here but it's another thing to see it entirely you have to see it so incredibly moving And that's something I really love about the Fashion History Now series, April, is obviously we're engaging with contemporary artists and fashion designers and scholars. And it's kind of, you know, moving beyond just kind of these singular narratives of who creates fashion, right, and how people engage with fashion. Because there's all these different people doing it in all these incredible ways. And I really love people like Elena or Nadia Albertini, who came on to talk about the art of embroidery, or Rachel Frost, the art of historical hat making. So these are people artists and creatives who are engaging with historical techniques in a way that champions hand craftsmanship, sustainability, the connection between the maker and the product, right? Um, what what they're creating. Um, something that is, you know, something that's really been lost in many ways because of the fast fashion industry. And so all of these artists, designers, creators are really a way to remind us of why clothing matters and why sh- we should care about the clothes that we wear. So that's just a few highlights from some of our Makers episodes, but I think we've done 50 plus of them now. So there's plenty for you to choose from. Yes. And speaking about caring about the clothes that you wear, one of the things that I especially like to speak about on the show is sustainability and also kind of the role that technology plays um, within the history of fashion as well. Sometimes this comes by way of contemporary fashion history makers and also the activists who are really out there championing sustainable and ethical fashions. Um, Most recently, we did an episode um, with the company On. They are an athletic wear, specifically kind of more uh, specializing in the sneaker, running sneaker realm, about one of their new endeavors where they are capturing carbon emissions at the source of factories before they go out into the atmosphere. And then they are able to, I know it's so crazy, convert them through a process akin to brewing that um, allows them to create the carbon into polymers. And then those polymers are then turned into a plastic-like substance that they then use in their footwear. I mean, talk about incredible. We also have in the past spoken with Aja Barber about her book, Consumed, The Need for Collective Change, and interviewed designers like Mimi Prober about working in the sustainable fashion space. One of my all-time favorite interviews that we've actually done on the show was with Dana Thomas, because I am such a huge fan of her work. And I was able to interview her about her book, Fashionopolis, um, which is really about and traces so eloquently and so well the rise of fast fashion and its true cost to our society at large today. And I think that was one that we did season one. Um, So again, this is one of those platforms that we've kind of introduced early on and kind of kept with throughout the entire show because it's something that really, really matters to us. If we're going to talk about fashion, we've also got to talk about the problematic side of consumerism um, and consumption, right? So that's something that we 
you know, we want to be conscious and we want to encourage our listeners to be more conscious consumers too. Mm-hmm. So the last category we are going to talk about in this epic look back at um, five seasons of Dressed is, I think, April, you can agree with me, one of our favorite types of interviews is interviews with living legends. We could think (laughs) of no better way to end our time together, Dressed listeners, than with our episodes talking to legendary fashion history makers. I mean, this includes fashion designer Norma Kamali, Rudy Gernrich model Barbara Flood, trend forecaster and paper doll artist David Wolf, fashion mentor Tim Gunn, which we did last season, pioneering hip-hop stylist June Ambrose, master milliner Stephen Jones. I mean, these episodes are always such an honor and a pleasure, and ones that we love to do together, April, which was the case with Stephen Burroughs, which is this rare time that we actually got to be in studio with the person we're interviewing and together. Yes, and it was such a treat to meet Stephen. He is the sweetest human, just so gentle and so kind. And so he's one of those people who lights up the room. You know how some people just kind of like have that thing. Um, And it was definitely his clothes that were lighting up rooms in the disco era. Uh, Steven's work is kind of known to be bright and slinky. And so we were so pleased to get the chance to meet him in person and in the studio back in October of 2019. Yes, Stephen was an absolute pleasure to talk to, as was it speaking to his model and muse, Pat Cleveland, who is has been on the show not once but twice. In 2019, September 17th, we did The Joy of Fashion with Pat Cleveland and learned about her, how she became a fashion model in the 60s, um, and, you know, really her meteoric rise to success. I mean, she modeled for everybody in the 60s, 70s, I mean, into today. She still models today. And in the, the top of this season, January 25th, we opened our fifth season with an interview with Pat Cleveland about the magic of 1970s fashion. I mean, talk about joy that is infectious. I mean, Pat reminds me, and I'm sure all of our listeners, why we love fashion. So if you want to check out those episodes and be inspired, those are definitely a good place to head back to. Yes, as well, you should definitely, if you have not already, tune into our episode with Living legend Hamish Bowles. Oh, yes. The one, the only. <laughs> fashion historian, couture collector, museum curator, author, Vogue International Editor-at-Large. <laughs> Is there anything that Hamish doesn't do? Um, but he joined us actually in November of 2020 to chat with us about his childhood origins for his passion for fashion history. You know, he came to this quite young and his career path seemed to kind of just be all straight out ahead of him. He knew exactly what he wanted to do. Um, So he takes us through some of those building blocks of his extraordinary life and career. And, you know, Hamish has invited us to come out and see his collection, Cass, and we have yet to take him up on that. So maybe we should do so. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Anytime, Hamish, if you're out there listening, uh, we would love to take you up on that. Yeah, that was such a fun interview and so moving. I think that's one of those interviews where, like, we all cried, you know. It's like people who are so inspired by fashion and have a passion for it. I mean, that's the reason we do what we do. So such a joy. Um, And then one of my all-time most memorable interviews has to be with Supreme Glamour, an interview with Mary Wilson. She, of course, has since passed. um, And it was such an honor to be able to interview her and speak with her. 
Because not only is she part of the legendary girl group, the Supremes, she also became the archivist of their performance wear. And so she really tracked down a lot of their clothing that had been dispersed over the year. And she really created this incredibly beautiful archive and then produced this incredibly beautiful book. Again, something you could ask for for Christmas because it's just drop-dead gorgeous, all of these costumes and performance outfits that they wore. And she was just a lovely human. And it was just, again, so inspiring to talk to someone who has such a seismic impact on not just fashion history, but also popular culture at large. And then again, I just want to say one of my all-time favorite interviews was Finding Beauty, an interview with photographer Tony Vaccaro, um, who had an 80-year career as a photographer, again, like Gordon Parks, one of those people who wasn't specifically a fashion photographer, but who worked within the medium. Tony was a um, World War II combat soldier turned fashion photographer in the post-World War II era because he wanted to forget all of that horror and sought beauty, and he found beauty in fashion and women modeling fashion. And April, Tony is turning 100 this year. I know. It's very soon. (sighs) December. He was born December 20th, 1922. And in celebration, the Monroe Gallery of Photography, who represents his work, um, Tony and his work, will present two major exhibitions celebrating his birthday. Tony Vaccaro, the centennial exhibition, opened in Santa Fe and is up now. And coming soon to New York, also, um, the Monroe Gallery on Spring Street will open an exhibition of Tony's work on December 13th, and that is going to run through the 18th. Tony will be there in attendance for a private reception on Thursday, December 14th from 5 to 7, if you would like to stop by and wish him happy 100th birthday, which I will be doing. (laughs) I was hoping you would say that. Give him my love (laughs) if you go. I will. For sure. So for the past week, we've actually given you, I don't know, at this point, probably dozens of recommendations to choose from. This is just the tip of the iceberg in terms of our back catalog. You know, maybe we have spoken about some 30 or so. That's only, you know, 10% of the episodes that we have have produced. There is many more to come. So also too, I just want to say, if you're a past dressed guest and we didn't mention your episode, (laughs) please that is not some shade that 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 has no meaning behind it. We literally just could not mention nearly 400 episodes. So those are just some kind of teasers to get you started um, in a way that we feel like would be representing the show in a well-rounded way. Yes, absolutely. Didn't even remotely touch on all our episodes. So hopefully you just kind of got a taste of what you have to listen to. And you know what, dress listeners, we have another week, I think, of episodes. We're working on winding down this season and we'll take a little break. And then we'll be coming back in January 2023 with a brand new season. Um, We can kind of give you some hints, April, if you want to, about what to expect from this upcoming season. For sure, expect to hear from Elizabeth Way again. She joined us in the past to chat about uh, fashion designer Scott Berry, but uh, Liz will be um, joining us again to chat about her upcoming exhibition, Fresh, Fly, and Fabulous, 50 Years of Hip Hop Style, which is opening in February at the museum at FIT. Yeah, and another exhibition that we will be covering with my dear friend Clarissa Esguera is the LACMA exhibition, Lee Alexander McQueen, Mind, Mythos, Muse. We've never done an episode on Alexander McQueen, which is just insane because he's a designer you and I both love. Um, But you can expect that early in season six as well. 
Oh, and just note, if for any of our listeners down under, Clarissa is going to be speaking specifically about the incarnation of that exhibition, which was at LACMA this past summer. It is actually an expanded, um, slightly different exhibition, is up now at the National Gallery of Victoria in Melbourne. So if you are there, go check that out. Hey to Katie, Danny, and Clarissa at NGV. (laughs) (laughs) And then, you know, just kind of hints, we're going to have episodes on African, Lebanese, and Chinese fashion history. Maybe we'll get a Silk Road episode in there too, April. I mean, truth be told, we do not have all 90-something episodes plotted out for our seasons, but we do have ideas about what we want to talk about. Yes, I definitely want to do an episode on the sari coming season six, as well as a listener request on Doc Martens, which Ooh. I wear frequently, so that will be fun. Also, we've never talked about the um, occasion. Uh, I don't even want to know if I really want to uh, uh, call it an occasion. I guess it's more of like a traveling exhibition, Théâtre de la Mode. Oh, yeah. Um, that happened right after World War II. Um, I keep promising my episode on Isimiyaki that will come season six also. And I have not yet asked this guest, but I'm crossing my fingers that she will say yes. I would love to do an episode with Francesca Cartier-Raquel on the history of Cartier because she just released a book on that recently. Ooh, so many interesting episodes to come. I can hint at a couple that I will be working on currently in the works. I have an episode with a Halston archivist who also happened to be his model muse and dear friend. That's working in the works. Hint, hint. I have an episode with a four-time Academy Award-winning costume and production designer who just designed another epic biopic on a certain 1950s, 60s, 70s music sensation, Cough Elvis. Cough. That's going to be an (laughs) exciting episode to to look forward to. Um, But yeah, so, so many episodes coming your way in season six, Dress Listeners, and including two more episodes of season five. So don't fret yet. Um, We're not quite done, but we are close. Yes, yes. So Cass and I just also want to say a huge thank you to all of you, because without you all, this would not be happening. So you have given us the opportunity to chat about the things that we love about for five years now. We couldn't do it without you. Thank you so much. We're not saying goodbye just yet. It's just we're wrapping it all up. Yeah. Thank you to all of our listeners who make this possible. Thank you to all our listeners who reach out to us through DM and email. We do our absolute best to respond to all of you, even though it's not always possible. But yeah, we love you. Thank you so much for making this possible. And April, thank you for being my fashion history ride or die all of these years, a decade now. A a full decade. It's (laughs) officially a full decade at this point. Well, that does it for us today, dress listeners. May you reflect on what you love about getting and learning about getting dressed. Next time you get dressed. And remember, we love hearing from you. So please write to us at dressedihartmedia.com or you can DM us on Instagram at dress underscore podcast where we post images and reels to accompany each week's episodes. And as always, special thank you to our producers, Casey Pegram, Holly Fry, and everyone else at iHeartRadio who makes the show possible each and every week. More dress coming your way on Tuesday. Dress the History of Fashion is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever else you listen to your favorite shows.